Hello and welcome to another podcast by BNP Paribas Wealth Management. I'm Charles de Capoisson and today I'm joined by Edmund Shing, Global Chief Investment Officer at BNP Paribas Wealth Management. Many people would love to be a successful investor, making money, buying and selling at the right time and making few mistakes. But how many investors can really be called great? Probably the most famous investor is Warren Buffett. In 1990, he became a billionaire. And in 2008, he became the richest person in the world, with a total net worth estimated at $62 billion by Forbes. Today, he is worth $100 billion. In this podcast, we will look at some of his investment strategies that will hopefully inspire you. One thing I was asking myself was, do great investors always have to start at an early age? Warren Buffett, at age seven, read a book entitled 1,000 Ways to Make $1,000. He embarked on several entrepreneurial ventures, including selling chewing gum, Coca-Cola bottles and weekly magazines. When Buffett was at senior school, his report said, likes math, a future stockbroker. Edmund, does successful investing always start from childhood? I think it helps, but it's not necessary. So in Warren Buffett's case, he clearly started very early and showed passion for investing from a very early age. That certainly helps, but it's certainly not necessary because I know a lot of people who are very good investors who did not start at an early age, indeed, who are not even very good at maths. You only need a fairly rudimentary grasp of maths. I think what it requires is much more dedication and discipline than anything else. And this is something Warren Buffett and his partner, Charlie Munger, have said that you don't need to have the highest IQ to be a good investor. But what you do need is dedication and discipline. And these are much more important than having a high IQ. Otherwise, after all, all university professors would be billionaires. And guess what? They're not. Howard Buffett, Warren's father, was a stockbroker and a member of Congress. After studying economics at Nebraska University, Warren returned to his hometown. Omaha, in 1958, where he managed stock portfolios on behalf of friends and acquaintances. Some would say that he was bound to succeed because of his family background and good connections. Is that enough, do you think? No, quite clearly it helps, but it's not enough. Actually, what is very interesting here is the study by Malcolm Gladwell, who wrote a book called Outliers, where he looked at mega successful people from different professions, different walks of life including people like Warren Buffett in investing, Bill Gates in software, and so on and so forth. Clearly, a great start is essential. Being born at the right period is essential. If you're born during the Great Depression, it's going to be a lot more difficult to, to be a successful investor when financial markets are doing really badly. But if, you're, if you come to fruition, you start investing at a time when financial markets do very well, of course, that helps. So you're born to the education you have, where you live and uh, the period in which you grow up and, and, and start working are all very important factors. However, these are all important, but you still need to make the most of your opportunities. And we know, I'm sure we can all think of lots of people in life who have had fantastic opportunities, but have not made the most of them. You still need hard work, dedication and intelligence to be able to make the most of the opportunities. And I would say... It's a combination of the two, the environment, but also then the mindset. And the two together are what produce uh, success. What investment philosophy has Warren Buffett used to make him so successful? And has this philosophy remained the same or has it changed over time? Well, 
I don't think he's used one single philosophy. I mean, there are lots of books written about Warren Buffett and Warren Buffett's investment philosophy. We all know that, for instance, he was a student of Benjamin Graham, who's a very famous value investor who wrote a series of books on value investing, such as security analysis and so on. And clearly, early in his career, Warren Buffett was an out-and-up value investor. In fact, he would be called a cigar-butt investor. He would be buying companies that seemed to be down and out, have no future, but which he felt were undervalued and would produce more profits than people generally thought. And so this was what we call deep value investing, where you extract a bit more value than people think out of perhaps a mature or even a dying business. So that's what he did early in his career, and that's how he made his initial fortune and investment track record. However, in the latter part of his career, when he's had more and more money to invest, you know, when you go from millions towards billions of dollars to invest, he's had to adapt this philosophy. And he's moved gradually, together with his partner, Charlie Munger, they have moved their investment vehicle, Berkshire Hathaway, towards an investment philosophy much more based on great quality franchise companies which you buy at a good price and then you hold for the long term. In fact, this is very important. They are very patient investors. And Warren Buffett has often said that his fam- favorite holding period is forever, i.e. you buy. And if you buy the right mm-hmm. company, you never need to sell it. Mm-hmm. And so that's interesting. But it's certainly shown a, a very marked transition because you can't buy these deep value companies when you have that much money to mobilize. You do have to Instead of buying small and undervalued companies, you have to buy large, quality, global franchises like the Coca-Colas of this world or the Apples of this world, because you just have too much money to to move around. And and these small value opportunities just won't make a difference. Whereas investing in something like Coca-Cola and holding it over a long period of time and being a very successful company will make a big difference and has made a big difference to the performance of their portfolios. Could you talk about some of his recent successes and failures? I think it's actually quite instructive to look at successes and failures. And let's be quite frank. All investors, no matter how great they are, make mistakes. We have all made mistakes. I've made far too many myself, and I would not consider myself in any way a great investor. So, But even someone as famous and as talented as Warren Buffett still makes mistakes. So it's important to know that you have the right to make a mistake in investment. No one can avoid that. No one has a what we call a, a, a one spot zero batting record getting everything right. It just is not possible over time. Some of the recent failures have been in U.S. banks, for instance. He had to sell out one called Wells Fargo, where he thought it was an excellent franchise, but where it hit a number of problems related largely to failures of management and failures of compliance. And so he sold out of that, perhaps realizing that it wasn't such a great franchise that he, as he once thought. In contrast... For someone who, in the 99 to 2000 years of the tech bubble, who never touched a technology company saying, I only invest in what I understand and know, and I don't understand technology, he has actually made the best investment in technology of any investor ever, buying into Apple in 2015 and 2016 and holding it for several years, during which time the value of Apple in Berkshire Hathaway went from $30 billion to $120 billion. So he created $90 billion of value through an investment in one single company in Apple. And that is the single greatest public equity technology investment I've ever heard of. So that I would consider to be his greatest recent success. How could I invest like Warren Buffett? There are three ways you could invest like Warren Buffett, Charlotte. 
The first way is the easiest, perhaps, which is simply to buy his listed investment vehicle, Berkshire Hathaway, listed in the States, which is one of the largest quoted U.S. companies. By buying into Berkshire Hathaway, you buy into the investment strategy of Warren Buffett and his partner, Charlie Munger, holding companies, as I've said, quality franchises such as Coca-Cola, Apple, Procter & Gamble, and so on. They also have private, unlisted investments, which they wholly own, also within Berkshire Hathaway. So you get exposure to that, too. The second way would be simply to look up what we call a 10K filing, which all investment funds in the U.S. must report every quarter for regulatory reasons. And this lists their major investments. So you can find out it's publicly known what investments and in what quantity these investments are held by Berkshire Hathaway. So you could simply look that up and buy the requisite number of stocks in Coca-Cola, Procter & Gamble, and so on, just copying the portfolio. That's called portfolio cloning. The third way would be to copy the investment philosophy of uh, Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger, which is, as I said, to invest in global franchised quality companies for the long term. So this would be looking at the types of companies with long-term franchises, long-term growth prospects, and which are reasonably valued today. That would be the third way to to do that. So you you have a choice of methods, all of which I think are perfectly valid, depending on how much work you want to do. Thank you, Edmund. And to our audience out there, if you enjoyed listening to today's podcast, why not like, share and subscribe to our podcast channel on any podcast provider, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Podcast Addict. Goodbye.